This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, Rick Kelsey in the corner, pressing buttons, and Sarah Hartley, who is devastated that I am back from holiday. Yeah, I mean, mm. your knee just clicked as you read that intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I'm just so old that, like, I, I need. Uh, Thankfully, it was before recording where I eased myself gently yeah. down into the chair and went, oh. Yeah. I like the title of your new video, by the way. What's that? Uh, is it running my first marathon at 60? <laughs> 40, no, actually... I'm 41. <laughs> Rick Kelsey, I am 41 and I'm very proud of that. Hey, you're looking well. Nice to have you back. <laughs> that's. I don't know whether that's sincere or not. I can see him. I'm making eye contact right now and his smug little face mm. means it's probably not very sincere. And I've listened to last week's episode where you were just bashing me all the time. Oh, really? Oh, no. Fingers on buttons. Not, What's I'm, Rick I'm, about to do? I was about to change you into something. What are you, what are you changing me into? <laughs> Change you into an ogre. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm like when I come back. So Should we I get on with have it? I've been away. We're going to catch up on what we've all been up to in terms of running, but we're also going to talk about 5K and specifically workouts for 5K. So, Rick, how's your week of running been? My week of running mm-hmm. has been incredible. Do you want to know why? Always. <laughs> yeah. Is it because yeah, I'm I, sure sort, if you know. I sorted you out? You did sort me out. Hey. I'm really grateful. So thank you very much. You're a good friend and colleague. You're so welcome. So I went to Parkrun. Yeah. I completed my run. Did a fair enough time. Got to the end. Got my token. Yeah. Reached in my pocket. Couldn't find my keys. Reached in my pocket. Couldn't find my phone. I thought, there is absolutely no way I am not getting my result through. I am so, not so your doing... priority was your, your like finishing time and result. You're prioritizing I, that over your life in terms of your I, keys, I, house, I'm phone. Not, also... I, I'm not doing anything. There's yeah. no way this is not happening. I've made an effort to get up. Bear in mind the night before I was in the hot tub with my mother drinking Gavi. Uh, the, 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 there, there was, I made a lot of effort to get there on Saturday morning. Yeah. A lot of effort. Uh-huh. So you know what I did? Not very eco-friendly. Drove home. Oh, drove home. Got my token. Drove back to Park Run for the uh, hour and 10 minute finishes. Oh, did you see your barcode that you'd forgotten? Yeah, I forgot my barcode. Uh, Okay. For context, for anyone that hasn't done a Park Run. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's your weekly 5K. It's free. It's timed all over the world. Check if there's one near you. And then at the end of the run, you get a little token, which is your finish position. And then you scan that. And then you scan your own token, which is like personalized to you. And then that's how your result gets emailed to you. Thank you for explaining that. And Rick had forgotten his own token. Yeah. So I forgot my token. So I went back, drove back, got it, went (laughs) to the finish line, scanned. And then I thought, oh, that's an absolute nightmare. Told Sarah about it. And she goes, you know, you can put it on your watch. I said, what? Yeah. Honestly, Rick, you Rick's face when I told him this. You can put your barcode on your watch and just scan to it. Uh, just like um, scroll through to it after you finish your run. Yeah. 
I had no idea. This does not surprise me. You know know why? Because it's complicated. You've got to download (laughs) another app on top of the app that you've already got. Yeah. There's like a third party sort of web store. What I haven't told Rick yet is that, so on this second app, I was like, let's just, let's keep it simple. This is how we're going to get Parkrun onto your watch. This week, we're going to level up. You know, there are loads of like third party apps that can design different watch faces for you. This is how you could get potentially like bank cards onto your watch as well. It's going to open a bank a cards. Oh, yeah, you do that through the regular app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you but can, I've got like do, a. You can do that on a well-known phone, but uh, on a well-known watch. But I don't think you can do it on most of them, can you? So yeah. I, I'd, I'd missed really? the point of this story totally at the start. I was thinking that the main point was you'd lost your wallet, phone, and keys. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> Whilst running, and yeah. I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about the fact that I wasn't going to have a record of my park run. So this week, with your barcode on your watch, how was the experience? What? But the guy didn't know what he was doing. I kept shoving a watch in his face. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you shoving the watch in my face? Could you find it? Well, I don't actually have the time. I just have the barcode now. What do you mean? As in my, my screen is just the barcode in case I need it. Is it? So you don't bother recording your run on the watch because <laughs> you get beeped at too much. You're literally just thrusting a parkrun barcode. Park and... You've essentially got the most expensive piece of paper you could possibly have on your wrist. Rick. Oh, goodness. Oh, it's a lot of good podcast content, though. Broadly, every week, it's like, what did Rick discover about yeah. running metrics? Stay tuned. Well, anyway, so now I've got it on my watch. I think I'm the only one in our parkrun who uses their watch to get scanned. But, you know, success. Thank I'm, you. I'm very, very proud good. of that. That's embracing technology, mate. And the welcome back. How was, yeah. where were you? The Peak District running? Lake District. Lake District. Yeah. And it wasn't that wet. It was, I mean, the Lake District is always a bit rainy, which I kind of love. I love the October half term. So school holidays for us. I was up there and I had a fair bit of running to do. Um, And I did um, what feels like I committed some kind of sin against. Oh, you didn't do the thing where you're in a beautiful place and you run on the road, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know whether we've talked about that. I hardly mention it. No, never. No. So um, you were in the Lake District, beautiful trails, beautiful hills. Yes. And let me guess, you ran on a road near a lake? Uh, I mean, it was a beautiful road and, and it was fairly undulating, so it wasn't flat, but it was as flat as I could find in, in the Lake District. We were staying in Keswick, which is beautiful, and broadly my, my, and my long run that I had to do out there was half marathon, 21K. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found a route and it broadly, with a little bit of add-ons at either end, just doing a full loop on the roads of uh, of Durham Water, which is a beautiful lake. And the road on the kind of west side of the of the lake is quite mm. high above the lake. Um, so you're, you're kind of undulating and, and with these incredible views across the treetops into this, you know, the Lake District is probably one of my favourite places in the world. So yeah, I did do that and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> that does sound like a good view to be What fair. about the curve on the road, Sarah? It's called... The camber. <laughs> Why do you guys look so smug that you know a really basic word? Well, we work oh, together. We just can't we win. Have, yeah, we, look, we are a dream we team. Come, we come to work every week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Very good. Um, Tom felt a little bit uncomfortable last week. He said, I'm sitting down next to you two. You, you two just kind of, you, you get it. I said, Tom, you just sit there and talk, mate. You know, that's what Andy does. Yeah, I don't have to do anything <laughs> other than I don't have to think or prepare or know anything. I just just like talk about running a little bit. Um, but yeah, I went to the Lake District, did a lot of running out there. I had that long run, which was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I had a session when I was there as well. And I used the, again, playing it safe. There's a really lovely railway line up the valley between Keswick and Threlkeld, which is 5K long. And because it's a railway line and it's been converted into a lovely cycle path, it's a nice smooth surface and ah. relatively flat. So I was using that for my sessions. That's Very nice. 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 I tell you what, some, um, some good converted railway lines for running. The Wirral Way has just been oh, converted yeah. specifically into uh, a runner's route. It's been redone at the top. 
from West Kirby. Yeah. I ran on that on Sunday on my way home from oh, the did Lake you? District. Did you see the new bit? Yeah, they've, they've put like a lovely yeah. little, this is very niche knowledge for us, but there's a lovely little entryway to the Wirralway with a beautiful the, carved yeah. locomotive above it. There's a oh, lot of Wirral runners that listen to this podcast, though. I tell yeah. you what, a lot of Wirral runners will probably be very excited to know that we can't say too much yet, but in a few weeks' time, Ooh. we might be coming to the Wirral. Yes. Potentially. We've got a very exciting foot. challenge, haven't we, mm. that we're going to be taking on. Probably one of the biggest and most exciting things we've ever done at the running channel and we're going to need everybody listening to the podcast to get behind us and to support us so exciting watch this space. or daunting daunting D- incredibly depend- daunting depends how you look at it i'm just going to tease that it's non-stop for three days <laughs> oh and, and that's all i'm going to, I'm going to say oh. and that rick said that, that the other weekend he was drinking gavi with his lovely mother in the hot tub yes. uh, your and mother will also be involved yeah. carol she's yeah. promised us to c- a curry at the end is oh that yeah right? yeah and you want to see her saying come on order. carol <laughs> she's de- <laughs> mainly wine i imagine she, she got the 25 percent off <laughs> well i tell you my week of running i found a feature that i feel like you're gonna <laughs> sorry lost it. sorry i completely lost, lost it. it just thinking about carol kelsey's uh, sainsbury's <laughs> order <laughs> Sorry, I know. Right. My week of running, I've got a very exciting feature, Rick, that I'm going to teach you Please. when we do this challenge. So we're all... I'm test- so pink right now. You are. It's all right. It's audio only this week. Yeah. We're all currently testing uh, like different watches at the moment. And we had mm. our run club last night. And so every single like member of the running channel team was double watched testing them. And one feature that I was testing out last night was that you can set your watch to like flash if you set do an activity after sunset so like one for safety but also actually two like it was quite useful to see stuff oh t- so like a, t- my, like a torch. yeah my torch on my watch was just like like a beacon and then oh, so you the can... torch on the watch not the, not the watch face no no the actual torch was just like flashing that's really so clever cool. and yeah it was really great and we had our run club last night which was so fun yeah lots of new faces and um we got to catch up with rose harvey who just set a ah, massive yeah, pb rose. in the mm-hmm. marathon in chicago um so we were talking to her about probably the most complicated thing in, in, in running, I think, which is the selection policy for getting picked for an Olympic Games, Yeah, um, which Ooh. in the marathons is really complicated. Which so. links to my news story a little bit later on. Oh, nice. We also talked to her about uh, some of her favourite workouts and runs. <laughs> and my favourite moment of the evening oh. was when Andy asked Rose, so, you know, you're pretty quick, so you're probably going to do a longer run than I'm doing. How long was your longest run? Andy is about to run his this week. So as you're, as you're listening to this, this is Thursday. The podcast comes out on Saturday. So tomorrow, Andy's taken on his longest run ever. Yeah, and, and it will be my longest run in the plan as well. So it's and 30, that's what, 32K. Which is what? 20, bang on 20 miles. Yeah. 20 miles. Wow. Rose is longest run. She's very smug about this as well. She was she was like almost apologetically smug <laughs> about <laughs> no, saying she was it. Brilliant. Um, hers was 27 miles. Wow. For a marathon. A marathon is 26. Hang on, why, so, was she doing, why was she doing that? So she would have done a warm-up, cool-down, and then a bit of, like, marathon pace yeah. work in the middle. Whereas, you know, Andy's 10K short and yeah. just trying to get through it. Do you know Rose used to be a lawyer? She used to be a solicitor. Yeah. 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 Quite, yeah. quite, quite a really, career change. Yeah, and mm. only really for lockdown. Like, she was doing a bit of running. Yeah. Lockdown happened. She needed a project. Decided to become a professional runner. Yeah, three she years later, she wasn't even running to go to the Olympics. Sometimes yeah. I wish I just would discover stuff I know, like that. Do you ever think she, like well, she you're just waiting to discover something you're good yeah, at? Yeah, I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a serious runner at all. No, and then she signed up to a, I think it was a half Iron Man, and then realised like the pools were closed. Yeah. Didn't love cycling as much, and mm. then she's really good at running. Yeah, big props really to good. Rose, and um, I totally take it on the chin. She was um, she was very good value and made me feel. Um, 
Hey, don't like put I've yourself got, down. No, don't no, it didn't make me down. feel bad. It just, it just reminded me <laughs> well, of, of like what I've Sarah got to do. here to pick you up by the scruff of your neck and drag yeah. you all the way to Spain and Can't. push you around the track. I cannot wait. I can't wait to the for the How love and support that I'm going to receive from you whilst running. Oh no, not from us. From I can't wait there. for the hospitality. <laughs> well, we know that's true. Okay. Right, shall we talk yes. about some 5K workouts? Yeah. So we thought for this episode, it would be quite cool to talk through some of our own favourite workouts for 5K. I know yeah. autumn marathon season is coming to an end. You might be looking at what you want to do next or you might it's already... not an end yet though, is it? No. Well, can you... Of course, you picked the pretty much last race. I did. I wanted to give myself as long as possible this year to train for it. Yeah, I mean, it's technically the winter marathon season that you're taking <laughs> yeah. part in. But whether you are looking for a new challenge or if you are currently working towards 5K, we're going to go through some 5K workouts. I wanted to start off with if someone is targeting 5K, Andy, what kind of workouts and runs should they be putting into their week? So the general week structure should be the same regardless of what distance you're planning for. More or less, I'd say, in terms of, depending on how many times you're running a week, you're trying to get, I'm a good example right now, training for the marathon, I can only really fit three runs in a week. Um, and I know lots of people listening probably run around three or more times a week. So of those three, I have an easy recovery run, a long run, and then my faster effort. And that faster effort, because I only do one of them during the week, has to encompass lots of different things. So each week I'll do something slightly different. Yeah, so you're mostly on those faster sessions, either looking at an interval session or a tempo workout. Exactly that. Yeah. And that those are the things that will change drastically if you're training for the 5k versus training for the 5k versus if you're training for a marathon or an ultra or something. Mm -hmm. And then the length of your long run will also be impacted in the total miles that you need to run during the week. So it's the focus of the fast stuff, the intervals, and then the length of the threshold or tempo runs that will change for a 5k. Now, I have a controversial 5k opinion. Mm. Oh. When it comes to kind of with half marathons, definitely with marathons, I really accept the fact that in training, you're not going to run the distance or like even mm. close to the distance yeah. in terms of your like at pace. When it comes to 5k, I really struggle with the fact that you, you're not going to run that pace altogether for 5k until race day, because otherwise it's already race day. But I kind of feel like with 5k, because you will be doing, unless you're like building up to 5k for the first time you're gonna do runs that are longer, longer than 5k yeah. you're gonna but then when it comes to interval sessions you're not you're doing stuff that is maybe a little bit faster than 5k because we always say like if you're wanting to aim for a, like a faster 5k you should be running at paces faster and slower than that so when it comes yeah. to interval sessions especially you're probably going to be doing shorter reps at a fast pace yeah. however i know this is the most basic yeah, i'm still waiting for the, the opinion well, no this is sorry <laughs> long-winded this is that we did a social recently where we went through some 5k workouts and the one that we mentioned was five by a k yeah. and everyone was like oh this one again it's unoriginal I love this one because it gives me that little bit of confidence because it's most similar to what you're going to be doing on race day. Yeah, okay. Whereas if I'm doing like 400 reps or 800 reps, I feel so far away from the 5k. And then when I get to about the 3k mark on race day, I'm like, can I do this? So what is Have I actually done this? Five by one kilometer. Okay. So you're breaking down the race distance into shorter chunks you keep the recoveries relatively short and then you're trying to run race pace or maybe even slightly quicker because you have got recoveries mm. and, and people can bash it as much as they want like there's only there's not the it's not rocket science to train for um different distances and there's only so many so many like innovative sessions that you can 
concoct, regardless if you're the best coach in the world. So something like five by K, you know, works and does what you said, which is it's a good, um, because you don't have the adrenaline of, of race day. You don't have like other people around you. And so having those extra recoveries just gives you the confidence that you can sustain that pace even though you're breaking it down. So unoriginal, just because something is unoriginal doesn't make it bad. Well, hang on. Can, mm. we, can we explain this? So five by one K chunks. Yes. How much are we pausing in between every kilometer? Oh, and are we pausing our watch? Well, so you could you could do this in, in de- definitely not pausing our watch. That's madness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can lap on your watch, right? So that's yeah. what you'd be doing for the recoveries. Um, I, I would I would say it's 60 to 90 seconds. Um, okay, so not much. No. Um, that's but you why could it's start such a great doing... confidence boost yeah. because like okay I've got four minutes that's yeah. the difference between the time I want to run so and if you're trying to run a 20 minute 5k yeah you'd be doing each what, and then you go minutes. all out on every concert. no no I was in the four minute of rest oh. in that session four times one okay right sorry four yeah. minutes total of session of rest, yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah, you, you, no, you don't go all out, you go at your 5k pace which shouldn't feel all out that's the point but if you're at the stage where and, and let's make a distinction here that this is these are workouts to help you run a faster 5k. It's very different if you're trying to run your first ever 5k. Um, but yeah, and I would say there's different kinds of K rep workouts. You've got five times one K with relatively short recovery to practice that race pace. Um, but you do need to admit to yourself that is easier than running the 5k because mm-hmm. you're running the same pace, roughly, yeah. but you've got recoveries. So I would be saying that you should also be thinking about doing things like eight by a K. So, and then you can have those distant, those paces alternating. So you could have, um, again, 90 seconds recovery, that kind okay. of thing. You might need slightly longer the first time you do it, but you um, might alternate 10K pace for the first rep, 5K pace for the second rep, and then be like, then you alternate back and forth between those. But because you're covering more than 5K in total, then you're factoring in the fact that the recoveries make that easier. What, just because you're walking in, in the minute in between, you're covering more than 5K in, in total? No, if, no, if you do eight. eight. Oh, if you do eight. So I've got skin in the game here because I'm on this right now. Um, I would say it's easier though, if you're doing that mythology that Andy was just talking about to actually pause your watch, because then you can see the pace you're running at. So if you do five times 1K, then you can see, when you say you want to write, you want to run at four minutes, 40 uh, per kilometer pace, then you can see that you're running, then you pause and then you go again. Well, or no, you set it up as a workout yeah. on your watch, which is probably going to blow your mind. Or you just yeah. you just press the lap button. So I would have my screen on on lap pace. So when I'm running my 1K effort, all I can see is what pace I'm running for that 1K. So then if my target pace is whatever that might be for me, if you were targeting a 20 minute 5K, then your 5K pace is four minutes per K. So I can see on my screen lap pace, four minutes per kilometer. Then I hit lap or maybe even auto lap at the end of that 1K effort. And then... 90 seconds later, I hit the lap button again. That's and good. And I go hard. That is good. I have another question. With 5Ks, with interval sessions, what is the shortest rep that you could do that's beneficial? I, I mean, I, I don't think many people would get the benefit from like a 60 meter rep, um, like, a, like a pure sprinting rep. But I mean, even 200s, like 200s are half the length of a track, 200 meter efforts. That, if it's part of a, a larger session, um, that still has value. Like, Would you do that as part of like more of a pyramid session where you're doing like 200, 400, 600, 800 and then back down? Yeah, you could do. Uh, or you could do it where it's like you might do a set of 400s and then a set of 200s and they'd, they'd be at different paces. So you mm-hmm. might do the 400s at 5K pace. And so you're getting used to running whatever that's going to be, 70, 80, 90 seconds, maybe two minutes of effort for those 400 meter reps at 
5K pace, uh, again with short recovery. And then like take a longer recovery at the set of the, after the set of 400s and do 200s. So you're probably only running for 40 to 90 seconds, depending on how fast you're, you're, you're running, at faster than your 5K pace. And then all of a sudden, the, the point is you can't get to race day and expect to run your best distance, best effort yeah. at a distance if nothing that you've done in training before that has been faster than the pace you want to okay. run. Even as well, like last night at the run club, we did a like easy 5K split up into two and a half K, two and a half K, and then we stopped in the middle. You can either do that or do your easy run and then put this at the end. We did strides, which was yeah. nine out of 10 effort, run it like hundred meters at nine out of 10. And yeah. that is like going to be faster than your 5K pace. Yes, it has to be, to be to, I think that's what you need to think of strides as it's faster than 5K pace. Yeah, but even that is going to help. Like you need to, loads of people as we started last night were like, oh, my nine out of 10 is my six out of 10. And I was like, just try, like try yeah. and push through that little bit more. And you can see people going mm. like, oh, okay, I can. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, was, it opens a lot of people's eyes to, to like, they, we've talked about it before feeling one pace until you force yeah. yourself to run a pace above then you can't you, you can't run at your best at the, the pace you want to run at what about target 5k pace compared to 5k pace so say for example you wanted to run <laughs> below 23 minutes and 19 seconds for, <laughs> a very specific example, <laughs> for example is this your friend say, say my friend my friend yeah, yeah. bill who actually recently provided me with a back rub who was very good um, some kind of mechanical contraption that Sarah gave me. Bill and Brad, was it? Bob and Brad? Bob and Brad, there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob and Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Bob and Brad, yeah, yeah. No, good, good lads, good lads. Mm. Um, yeah, say you wanted to do that. So should I be doing, if you're doing eight by 400 metres, should you yeah. be running at your target 5K yes. pace or your current? Yes, so obviously this relies on people setting a realistic target. So if you have run a 5K and you decided, right, my 5K, I want to run five minutes quicker. That's not realistic in, in the short term. So Yeah, in like gonna eight do, weeks, you're not going to Yeah, you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. But if you are thinking, right, I want to get one or two minutes quicker, um, depending on what your current level is, or a sensible proportion quicker, you should be setting the interval paces when you say 5K pace should be your target 5K pace. And that's why, to start with, you need to have recovery. So if I you see. are doing 5 by K at 5K pace, and you've never run that, for 5k you need, recovery. You need the recovery yeah, that, that's okay. why it gives you the confidence that sarah's talking so about so think target think target a last little point would be that the we just put a video out on the running channel relatively recently where it was a specific workout that i did that i thought was one of the best workouts at helping me run my pb for 5k which is 13 20 a long long Flex. time ago um if people want to go and look at a specific workout that i would have done that is applicable to anyone regardless of what pace you might want to run for 5k then that, that's on, on the running channel's YouTube. And that ties in really nicely to a social that will be coming out soon of if you're, you can run 5K in under 15 minutes, have you really run? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like runner maths. <laughs> that was just a subtle dig at you. Oh, well, so it doesn't even count because I'm not on my feet for long enough running yeah. 5K. Oh, yeah. It's just not long enough. Because <laughs> you're flying. Like yeah, you've barely it, made yeah. it down the road if you're doing 5K True. in yeah, doesn't even 13 count. minutes. Well, there we go. You're so out of touch with real people. Anyway, should we move on? <laughs> Yes. Um, so you are listening to the Running Channel podcast. Hopefully that helped with your 5K if you're targeting towards 5K. Do email in if you have any more questions about that and we can do another future episode. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at 
an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Andy, I guess you've probably got a lot of news because you've been away for a bit. Well, my biggest news is I take issue with that. I, I feel like uh, I, one of my favourite podcasts I listen to, they regularly, their viewers desc- or listeners describe them as sexy and relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I like to consider the Running Channel podcast. <laughs> what, what podcast is Which that? Which one it's of parenting us? parenting hell with uh, really? yeah, Josh Sex, Woodicum and Sexy and, and relatable. And I love Beckett. that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a t-shirt. Anyway, yeah. come on. Um, no, I have got some news. Um, so... This is a, a science, sciencey news. Um, there was a, a journal article published which suggested that running could improve your life expectancy by 12 years. Great. I, so, I, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yeah, do we even, do we even need to do touch need on to the touch science? On I just it. think we're all like, yeah, that's st- great. Well, you stay healthy. Although yeah. stay fit. there are also some studies that I would need to get the exact figures out, but apparently- the- Surprise, surprise, Sarah doesn't know the stats. <laughs> no, this is, this is off the top of my head. Apparently there is some correlation in like elite athletes and an earlier, lower life expectancy. Oh, so I'm going to die early. From yeah, being- so me and Rick are going to outlive you because you know, we're a runner, but we're not oh, you know, I see. an elite. An elite runner. So runner, oh, runners cheerful, live longer, elite, <laughs> elite runners perish earlier. Yeah, I think so. I think it was something about Olympians because... Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, because because you are literally pushing the boundaries of what you can do. Well, there is Which, stuff you know, about me and Rick are doing the size, well. of, size of your heart if you're a well-trained, like high-level Olympic athlete in endurance sports and then having to detrain post-exercise. But my actual news story um, was that they obviously didn't measure actual mortality. That's very difficult to do. Um, You'd have to do it over such a long period of time. They measured something called the length of telomeres, which are part of your chromosomes. So, and and broadly speaking, longer telomeres are correlated with or or represent better cellular health. Okay. you know, body cells having better health levels. Um, and they, they, they measured 4,458 people and they looked at those people that, that they grouped them into how much they what ran. Was your so de- that, what was your degree in? Engineering. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, so, so those people that ran more than 75 minutes a week yeah, uh, had statistically 12 years of beneficial biological age difference in their cells. Okay. So, so their, their cellular health was 12 years younger I understand. I understand. What does it say about people who do more than 75 minutes of strength and conditioning a week? Um, they, I don't have that data, Rick. I'm almost okay. certain that it will be equally, if not more, beneficial. Fantastic. We'll be back with you next week. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to give a little shout out to um, someone who Andy met last year when you were out in... Spain, I Yeah, earlier say. this year for a, a, a big shoe launch. Um, and then I spoke to him about that actual big shoe jolly. Yeah, big jolly. Yeah, I guess you're, you're talking about Stephen yeah, Scullion, Yeah, Stephen right? Scullion, who ran Dublin Marathon and came third with a time of two hours, 12 minutes and one second, which I'm sure Andy will be so close to. In <laughs> oh, come on, that's not fair. <laughs> no, but, uh, so I met him earlier this year, but I used to train with him for a little bit oh, and, and like knew that. him through. So we, we trained together, um, super talented Irish marathon athlete. Mm-hmm. And also just... Um, I think an incredible, incredibly candid and and well-spoken advocate 
and, and describer, I guess, of his own mental health struggles, like really open. I watched one of his YouTube videos. He has a YouTube channel documenting his, his like elite athlete journey. Ultimately, he's trying to qualify for the Olympics next year mm. and just showing the real ups and downs and really raw. Like I watched one of his where, you know, camera, he had his camera right in his face and he was trying to talk about how he'd got to the point he was at and it was really, really hard to describe. I'd say go and watch it, but like very powerful, emotional watch. And he's someone who hasn't shied away from the struggles that he's had Gosh. with running. Yeah, really. Yeah, good. I think it's really interesting thinking about like that plus how n nervous runners must be right now or like anyone who's yeah. targeting the Olympics. Like the selection process, mm. we talked about it last night at our run club. It is what did you say six or seven pages to try and understand that's for the marathon in particular because yeah. in the uk as opposed to the us we don't have a dedicated marathon trial for the olympics mm -hmm. there's all sorts of qualifying times lots of different selection processes as opposed to i think when i you were surprised by this as well the, the people that are going to make the team for the track they don't get picked until maybe six weeks before the olympics terrifying so, yeah. yeah so Stephen would need to run 208 to run in the irish Team. yeah it's the, the times have moved on so much that it is really tough but you know best of luck we are keeping exactly. everything crossed up next your questions rick i'm always excited about this part of the show but two corkers this week excellent dan from winchester thank Hello, you dan. dan i'm cabin crew so i have to include my running schedule in with my flying schedule and time down route this leads me to being able to run some stunning places around the world but it's also a challenge what thoughts or knowledge could you share in regards to running while jet lagged or the constant change in temperature slash humidity to avoid injury or just confuse the body. I mean, it's great that he gets to run in all these places, but I suppose one day you could land in Reykjavik and you've got to run in a glacier. And the next one you land in Cape Town and you're running up Table Mountain. Tricky. Yeah, I think this would be really tough. My thoughts are, I did travel a lot for racing and, and traveled often quite a long way where jet lag was going to be, um, have, have a big impact. Um, depending on how long I was going to be there for, assuming, because he's cabin crew actually, that the... Um, the layovers are quite short. I raced a few times in the US, for example, and I knew I was coming back to the UK and then was carrying on with my season. So I, I was deliberately trying not to adjust my body clock. And oh, so really? I was, you run on US time in the UK? No, I ran on UK time in, in the, the US. US. Yeah, so when, when I got there, I would be waking up at what's very early in the US, essentially. So I'd, I'd, I'd get up at... You know, yeah. four o'clock in the morning. Everyone else is eating breakfast. Andy's yeah. cracking on with lunch. That's, yeah. that's really good advice. Because I'd only be there for two or three days and then I might have been focused on a championships, which was in a, another time zone altogether. And yeah. then I had the, I another race in, in Europe like a week later. So if I took the time to switch my body clock, then I'd have to do it again in reverse. Whereas this was mm. kind of, I was trying to protect myself there. So I guess that's 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 one idea. Um, some of the, the more, the newer watches actually do have a kind of, both jet lag, temperature, altitude, acclimation feature. So you can kind of track that. Good um, word, good but word. But still focus, the, the key is sleep, I think, throughout this. Yeah. Like, throughout any kind of travel and, and running and recovery. If that's the question, then if you can still get sleep in, then that's that's the, the route to success. And just go easy on it, mm. on yeah. yourself as well. Like that's what I did when I was in um, Japan earlier this year. I was just like, right, this is going to be a conscious thought that I am not like, hundred mm. percent in the best condition that I could possibly be. So like, just be kind to yourself. If it doesn't feel right, change it into an easy run or just like cut yeah. it short. Yeah. Be kind to yourself and listen to your body. Ultimately, mm. like you, uh, long haul flights did take a toll on my body and, and I would be wearing either recovery or compression tights or socks. I guess as crew, 
probably moving around a lot on the plane, which is better, but I would be sitting still for, you know, an eight hour flight and have to get up regularly to keep to moving. To keep, keep moving. Yeah. yeah. A little tip from me. I've got a blackout face mask and I reckon since having kids, that's probably added 20 minutes a night. Anyway, get yourself one. <laughs> Excellent top tip. Thanks. <laughs> Sarah's face. Milena from Edinburgh. I would love to go to run clubs as part of my weekly routine, but the paces of the run clubs in my area are a little bit faster than my easy pace. I can keep up without issues, but it ends up not being a proper easy run, but also not fast enough to count as a tempo run. How do I incorporate that into my training plan? It feels unproductive from a training point of view. Sarah. Good question. Mm. I would say it depends on how many times a week you want to run. So like say, for example, if you're running three times a week, if it is faster than your easy run, you do still need that recovery. So like try to incorporate that rather than all of your runs being faster than yeah. than easy pace. Yeah. And and weigh it up against the the extra motivation and the social aspect of it. Like if you're happy through the extra sociability of going to a run club where you're like feeling really good about yourself, mm. then the fact that you're saying it, I think specifically the word was like, it's not fast enough to count as a tempo run. Like don't beat yourself up about that. If it is too fast to be a true recovery run, then I would err on the side of caution and treat it as a slightly faster run, like Sarah says, mm. and make sure you do recover from it. But don't beat yourself up that you haven't got the quality and have a true tempo run because ultimately you you're you're getting such such benefit from being out there and being surrounded by like-minded people. But I would also say most run clubs that I know are supportive where if you were to go and, and make sure you just chat to people, there'll be people within that run club who feel very similar, I imagine. So yeah. I would just pick their brains, ask them and say, hey, do you want to slow down with me a little bit? Do, 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 are, you, are you happy to run with me? I'd rather, like I'm struggling here because I need to recover and I don't want to go easy. Are you happy to run back here with me? Or if there's faster runners at the front, make a conscious decision that this is going to be your tempo run, talk to them about That's that and say, idea. hey, I want to go run with yeah. you. Can we make this into a real effort? Um, or talk to the person that runs the run club or the, the run leaders or the coaches that are involved. And I, I, I'd be really surprised if if there wasn't some way of accommodating both ends of the spectrum, either making it a bit faster or a little bit slower. You might find as well that over time, it either that pace becomes your easy pace mm. or like you might surprise yourself with mm. like unlocking faster paces because that is like pushing you a little bit more. But yeah, the, the running community is amazing. My experience of, of stuff like this is, is generally that there'll be someone else who, even if it's different people each week, actually, like either people, there'll be always someone who's a bit tired and who might normally run a bit quicker, but might welcome the chance to yeah. not get swept along yeah. at a normal pace and just push mm. back off a little bit. And if that doesn't work, Sarah's actually going up to a run club in Edinburgh in the next couple of weeks. So she'll do it with you. I am. Yeah. Very excited to go up to Edinburgh. We're all yeah. going on little adventures over the next we couple are. of weeks. Where are you going? Are you going to Liverpool? I am going to Liverpool. And, and I'm where? going to Manchester. Yeah. So Ooh. we're, we're, we're Dividing going... and conquering yes. Yes. the North. <laughs> we're all avoiding each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can't stand each other outside of this room. Well, we've missed you, Andy. So Sarah, yeah. on behalf of Sarah and I, it's great to have you back. But before we go, Sarah's got a favour to ask. <laughs> oh, yes, I have. I love, oh, how, this time. I love how you're pushing this. What should we do this week? This week, I want you to send the podcast to someone who has already said they don't want to listen to it. Try again. <laughs> That's good. Try again. That's really good. Just, you know, little, it's like a poke on Facebook back in the day. Oh, oh I remember pokes. No one poke. wants it, but sometimes they'll enjoy it. <laughs> wow. That's a summary that's... of all your friendships. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's enough of that. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.
This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.